0: Hey, it's Arata. Thank you so much for joining us on our maiden podcast voyage. Trigger warning, there are some topics that are unsavory that we covered and take everything we say with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, we have a very dark sense of humor. Uh, We take mental health very seriously. But as per the title of this episode, there are a lot of unpopular and true opinions. And I'd like to note that this episode ends like the series finale of Sopranos it just stops because frankly the recording just stopped like I said we're we're this is our maiden voyage and we're figuring out the kinks thank you for your patience and hopefully you'll come back for the next one cheers also going to pick up a lot of noise but you know what we're starting it's not going to be perfect and it's okay so well this is here we are, here we are. <laughs> cheers <Ron>. cheers
1: <laughs> cheers to whatever we'll eventually maybe call this thing yeah I don't know well we're coming across a um a fact about me and that is that uh while I may work in advertising
0: mm-hmm.
1: and around a lot of this kind of stuff Every once in a while, um, it comes to light that I'm real dumb <laughs> about certain things like I mean I recently like a person I recently dated noted to me, "Ah, you work in advertising. I would think you'd know more about mm, okay, but, than this and right. it was and it was culture.
0: you know what and le- actually, let's not talk with barriers as far as names because I can bleed them out.
1: Okay. It was totally He was like, Have you seen, you know, he would do the thing where he's like, Have you seen this meme? Have you seen this GIF? Have you seen this? Blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, uh, honest. I don't think that he was the, I don't think that we, he and I are the same audience. Well, this is the older guy, right?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: you know, he he, he enjoyed putting you down. But... Well, I'll say though, he said it in a way that I, that was more just like observant than anything else. It was like, Ah. You know. Is it
0: observant when he's kind of manipulative?
1: No, okay. I think I mean. <laughs> so you answered my so, question. So there. Right, 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 right. I mean, at the time, I was like, mm, you know, but yeah. that's also kind of how I operate anyway. Where it's like, I don't know. I maybe I choose to believe how somebody means something.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe the garbage that men say about you.
1: Um. So. Here, here's why here's where I do want to take this. Tell me. Right. Um, the note about uh that, that you shared with me as far as like deciding to, you know, have a conversation recorded. The things right. the, the shit that Arata and Lies will say. Yeah.
0: In <laughs> in previous non non taped episodes.
1: <laughs> uh, but what was really interesting and I because I've just been thinking about it a lot, was when you noted that like it's just not necessarily fun to do it alone.
0: It's not it's really not um because i don't know like what's what's the it's just it's not fun to collaborate with yourself unless you are getting on your soapbox to talk about something right or share a personal story like people love to do story time or whatever those are boring most of the time
1: they're boring yeah,
0: all the time they're boring.
1: All the time they're boring. I was so I told you that I was recently writing something that is for this course. That it's not a course. It's a it's a it's a group. Mm-hmm. It's a writing group mm-hmm. um, where people come and it is very much about kind of having a safe space to you know own some of the shit that normally mm-hmm. just like maybe is hard to bring up in general conversation. You know, like. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to be alive, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Everyone, I think, thinks about it at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, where do you inject that onto it? You know, in just like a random Tuesday. Just, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like.
0: <laughs> so I was weeks. getting groceries and then I told my friend I didn't want to live in
1: a <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like, so guys, I feel like, you know, actually it's been a pretty productive meeting. We have a few minutes left if anyone wants to add anything. Um, I do. I don't like to live. That's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll pick this up <laughs> So uh,
1: see y'all at Monday's meeting. Yeah. You know, I'll send the deck around after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's not add that part to it, but uh, I am going on the record <laughs> as having you said. I don't want to be alive. Uh, and that has nothing to do with y'all. At all. I mean you it does, but... But you're 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 kind of a dick, so yeah, you right. probably are <laughs> unsurprised by that. Yeah. So yeah. fuck you. Uh, but it's more that you just sort of pile on. In general, though, I started a baseline of not wanting to be alive. Whatever. So I'm taking this, into, you know, I'm doing this thing, and and um and she, this woman who leads this, like sends out writing prompts and shit. Mm-hmm. And and one of and, and there's a few you can kind of choose from whichever one I guess sort of speaks to you. And one of them was like, where do you feel? Uh, really unseen or misunderstood in the first. No lie. The first thought I had was like, "Oh man, yeah." Um, which is just interesting because you know, like I I don't know that I necessarily really would have owned. It feels like I'm kind of acknowledging to myself that like I have a problem with men. Yeah.
0: Well. 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 I want to be like daddy issues, but you know, <laughs> but, it, but also, but also, but you, but you're aware of it, you know, it's not like something that you, you're not aware of. There are definite ties and obviously, and I hope you don't mind my mentioning your sobriety, but like, you know, I, know. I think in the last, what year that you've been sober, has it been a, like more than a Going year. on two, It'll Yeah, be two in August. So, you know, I think with that comes... It's not just becoming sober and working through whatever issues you might have. It's becoming more aware of yourself in all instances, in all aspects of life. It's like a form of spirituality almost, I totally. want to say, you yeah. know.
1: Well, and I think you kind of have to own the demons, you know, yeah. and like, I mean, you know, in a work setting too, you know, like so much of like, so much of my work is weighed in on by men. Yeah. Ooh, you know? Yeah. And like, and I don't have problems with those men specifically, but I have just like all of the, I was just saying to a friend earlier, I'm like, I just don't think, I think that there's an aspect of like where I, you know, uh, in my career, I just don't think I'll ever reach. And I don't, I don't know necessarily what like X is. I just have this like perceived this, this It's like a barrier. perception. Thing. It's a perception of yeah. myself, which I think I've sort of also adopted from, yeah, probably some, yeah, some childhood shit. Like, you, I mean, we can always kind of...
0: But society doesn't help either, right? No. Like, feminism has been a movement for quite some time, but, you know, there's still struggles today. You know, and, and I think things are getting better, but ultimately, like, the, perce- the perception is... Well, let me just say this. I hear more women older than us say that they're eventually going to age out of advertising or age out of their career more than I would ever
1: hear a man say that. I would never hear a man say that.
0: That I've heard men say that. Have they?
1: Have you? I have heard men say that. I've heard men be concerned that they will age out of advertising. But I, I mean. Not so much that they know that they will. Right. They just are like, no one wants me.
0: I, yeah, I can see that. In a resentful sort of way. I will,
1: I will, I will acknowledge that. It has, it has sounded resentful. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, no one's making a place for me anymore or, you know, they want all these young whippersnappers, which was not a word that was used. It was <laughs> it's it's a word we're going to bring back. <laughs> I mean, it, you know. So, I mean, obviously, for the sake of, like, this conversation and the fact that we're recording it, both of us fucking work in advertising. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that that I'll go on record as having said is, like, mm-hmm. my stint in advertising is, what, under five years?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't demean that. Uh, that doesn't take away from the the fact that you know. How old are you now? I'm thirty six. Yeah, so we're both the same age now, and we've been, we've had a career. For longer than that, right? Like you've been working. I've been working. <laughs>
1: Is me and a cardboard sign. Which is will work, you know, work. Work is best. But money will help. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yes, I have. I have had. I have had
0: income. I've been in marketing. Right. Same. Same. But you know, advertising. It's it's a it's a it's a better looking marketing. Advertising is the exact same as marketing, except marketing is I. Honestly, more thought out as far as strategy is concerned, it in far it, as far as planning it, planning and ROI, and um, ECPMs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> making sure that the money that you spend actually brings back some sort of. This is what it actually cost us, you know, per acquisition I should say or ECPA. And I don't. do I? I don't, don't want to continue getting into the lingo. But what I'm just saying is metrics? like. You don't want to talk about KPIs. And I, metrics and, I don't really want to talk about the division and subtraction. All right, I'll grant you that.
1: That's fine. Yeah. We
0: can move on from that. But I think <sighs> I think marketing is harder. It is not as fun. It is not as pretty. It is cold, hard facts and action whereas advertising goes into design and how do people feel and like let's make this green not blue and this font should be bold not serif you know that kind of shit
1: yeah when i i mean you know the way that i look at it and describe it to people a lot of times it's like they're same waters different lanes yeah you know marketing and advertising but
0: she was a lot more eloquent about that than me just for anybody that ever watches this video or hears this <laughs> audio. <audience. laughs> she took what I just, you know, verbally diarrhea Well, but over I was more your, recently
1: yeah. interviewing, right? Oh, because I left true. advertising, went brand side, went, you know. So and it's now still I'm, fresh. Yeah, totally. I had to really, I had to really had to like think about it. Because mm. uh, I was. I'm
0: going to steal that line.
1: You should. Same waters, different lanes. Um, but you're right, it is harder. And like when I, you know, came back over to advertising, I was like. I'm not actually very good at this. Is that, like, why I'm good at advertising? And, like, and I don't care if anybody were to hear me say that and be offended. Like, marketing is hard. You are right. It is hard. Like, I was really um, proud of myself Mm -hmm. that I could go and, like, write a go-to-market strategy. I was, where I was was a place that, you know, needed some you know, needed some, some, you know, like really clear and concise product benefits. It was mm-hmm. actually a pretty complex product itself. Yeah. One that I did absolutely believe in. I, I saw its merit. I was working with really, really, really smart people. But the reality of it this is... This is the nonprofit. No, this was, this was brand side. That, okay, oh. so they you're right. They were a nonprofit for a hot second. actually right. when I, um...
0: When you join, they became. When I
1: joined, they yes. Oh, that's crazy. I
0: know. We're yeah. not going to mention that. name at all. Yeah, yeah, so. we won't
1: mention yeah. them. But they did move. They did actually change their nonprofit status.
0: Interesting. Totally. Wow. Yeah, totally. Um, Which kind of, to me, lessens the. To me, integri- <laughs> it uh, dis- like makes the um, the integrity of the brand shittier.
1: It can. Yeah, it can. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, 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 I've worked in like small nonprofits, and you know, seen people who, you know, were like three titles above me, and like everyone was just fully aware that they were never going to cut six figures. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. and like it was supposed to keep them warm at night that they, that they were doing good. Yeah, or whatever. You know, so like I don't really fault anybody for the money making aspect of it, but. Um,
0: there's a lot of money to be made in nonprofits. so there's But there lo- is a <laughs> lot of money
1: to be made in nonprofits yeah. if you really you know, like and there you know, you can be a sizable nonprofit and really make some cash. And they were. So I don't know. I, I have my um I have my like limited perspective of it in terms of just like what I understand mm. and then I'm like, well and then I go and form a wild opinion and, and carry that one with me. My point, uh, which at this point feels sort of roundabout but mm-hmm. my point was you know is that like you asked me to you know sit down and have you know have a conversation and record one because we have good conversations yeah. and That's- you know I think a lot about the fact that you and I mm-hmm. look at things very very similarly um, and which like simultaneously and this is no cap as cats <laughs> <would> say this <laughs> this is no cap no cap, not no cap. Uh, is that you know that simultaneously kind of frightens me but also inspires me because at the age of thirty-six, I'm just sort of like, why aren't you cool enough with the fact that you now have a career? Like, my work history is very varied. Yeah. Right. Like I studied. I studied a foreign language. Right. Which I, I don't. I. I mean, which you honestly, use every day. Every day. Every day. But if I. But at the same time, like if I were to go back and redo it, I think I'd still probably do the same thing. I mean, because I there... was so fucking thrilled... Mm to be able to have a skill that actually could, like, eject me mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. an ecosystem that was the only one I probably would ever know. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't place me above people. Yes, or, it does. But Okay, fair. Just a little, yeah, I am better <laughs> than... What camera am I looking at? Oh, it doesn't
0: matter. Honestly, both are pointed. Okay, fair enough.
1: But it... Um, I don't know. That, like, taught me some, some shit that was really important to me when, like... When I um actually interviewed at the Martin Agency, I interviewed with uh, the guy who was going to be my boss. His name is Mike Henry, and I adore the absolutely. You
0: interviewed with Mike Henry.
1: I did. Wow. And let me just say something. That man is a legend. Okay. In my mind, I I don't know. I mean, I had just come from a place where nothing that was actually in my mind of merit and value was valued. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It was all about whether or not you could just like play the game, step on necks. You know, yeah. and that's not to say that advertising doesn't have that. But at the same time, like, I don't know, Mike, Mike just treated me like a human being. And it really felt like he just looked at me and, and saw a person. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, he comes into my, into my interview. And I'm, you know, I'm scheduled to interview with like four people, 80, 80, 80 million people in a row, something along those lines. And okay. he just walks in with my resume, he tosses it down the table and he goes, wonderful, very impressive. Huh. Uh, you've clearly done, done a lot of different stuff. But here's what I want to know. He goes, what did, uh, what did living overseas for those many years teach you? Ooh, and I was great like, oh, question. And this guy knows what to ask. Yeah, yeah. Because it like really made me kind of be outside of myself and and but in a way that was still also wildly present. Yeah. Right. Like you can be outside of yourself and still also be the most present that you ever are.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Any he, he was the first person that really gave me some like perspective on the fact that, right, I, uh, you know, went <clears throat> went to college, did that shit, left college and worked as an au pair, right, mm-hmm. a nanny. Mm-hmm. That's what I did to get back overseas. Mm-hmm. Wanted to stay overseas. And so while I was in my one year of being an au pair, I look as hard as I possibly can to find a job in Berlin, which is where I wanted knew I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I got two, I got two uh, teaching English To both adults and to kids, right? And they wanted me to do curriculum development for this, like, little, this little, um, it was a kindergarten. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't write curriculum. They're like, well, come on in. I mean, and I'm like a little fish out of water, but put some curriculum together, did some theater classes, taught some kids some piano, right? Uh, was, I also helped out with the math classes because they wanted an English speaker in there. So what...
0: So I the entire time I thought that you were just studying there. Um, why didn't you stay? Drinking. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I was sick as fuck. Yeah. Um, and I mean honestly, I just wasn't gonna stay alive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was also I mean sexually assaulted in Berlin, right. so it was starting to get real weird. Yeah. I got kicked out of my apartment. Um, admittedly, maybe because some shit was looking a little unhinged Mm -hmm. about me. Um, But in my defense, I was being sexually harassed by the father of one of the kids I was teaching. Oh, shit. Which was a really weird and fucked up little situation because the kid ended up catching wind of it. Oh, no. Yeah, and it really, like... I mean, I just saw this child, like, age a lot. No. He was 10, you know, and I just saw him, like, really... Yeah, because he was faced with a very
0: truthful, like...
1: Yeah. Uh, Adult level truth. Right. Like he saw, and like his dad got really angry when the administrative, when, when the administration tried to address it. And he comes and finds me in the teacher's lounge one day and in front of his child stands there and makes, and it's like yelling at me and makes an obscene gesture.
0: But you didn't tell him. What do you mean? You didn't tell the kid. No, it was just standing there. No, I'm just saying that like, the kid caught wind of it you weren't you weren't the one that like told him you're also not
1: responsible for his bad behavior no no i just was falling apart you know so i mean did i play a part in it yeah for sure like i mean everything i mean everything i coped with everything with you know drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. right so anyway so i come back to the states I start working in the nonprofit sector, right, Um, after getting back on my feet. There's a whole year that's just where Liesl goes dark because Mm -hmm. I was bedridden, you know, should have been in rehab, uh, and, you know, my family just had no idea what they were looking at, and I sure as fuck wasn't going to be, you know, honest about, like, how much I'd been using. Yeah. A doctor was like... I think that substances are more a part of your story than you're letting on to anyone. Mm. And I was like, I don't like her. Yeah. You know, she goes. Already a look in the mirror yet. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, you know, that is not when I quit drinking. That is absolutely when I was like, well, it's probably time to to control some of this partying or
0: whatever, whatever. I'm glad you were sensible and aware enough to leave.
1: Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, while in Berlin, I nearly fell out of a fourth story window because I was so trashed like, just, like, caught the, you know, and my friends were like, oh, my fucking God. And I would be, I would be so unstable, too, that they would be like, give her another one of those pills, blah, blah, you know, and then they, and then I'd hear them look at, you know, they'd, like, look at each other, and I'd be like, what? And they were like, "Ah, I think we both gave, I think we both gave you something. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, yeah, well, you did, you know, I mean, I just, I didn't give a shit, you know, I was having really you know risky encounters with human beings and yeah I just wasn't going to stay alive so Berlin's been a huge failure for me you know like a huge a huge failing I come back decided to go into the nonprofit profit sector and I work at a sexual assault um domestic and domestic violence crisis center for a while here in the area yeah um I mean it's not it's not really probably surprising how I got to that like in my mind it was like oh I want to help people, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I won't deal with my own trauma, and you know, of course, it did. That did end up coming up, you know. But through some highways and byways, I figure out. Well, I actually really like the fundraising and marketing side of things. And when you're working in a small little nonprofit, yeah. you're wearing a lot of hats, yeah, right. And yeah. so they were like, "Well, she can talk to people, so we'll go out and we'll have her to go out and you know." So here I am at like a, the, the men's the men's jail in Petersburg, you uh, know, and I'm talking to them about sexual assault yeah and the guards are like, we're gonna we'll just be back you know, and they lie and I'm like, no one stay like, yeah, wild experiences you know it I mean definitely also another thing that really crafted and shaped who I was. yeah it was great, you know, but I'm like, I went out of the nonprofit sector. I won't lie. it can be kind of dysfunctional. yeah I mean, well, HR well, has its places it yeah its place yeah then I go to a direct marketing firm and that's where I really like put my foot in that actual camp a few years later end up at the Martin Agency. Now here I am, 36, and I finally feel like I have something that's like a defined industry that I work in, yeah. a defined sort of career, and I find myself going, well, I guess I'll buy a house in Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then I think to myself, like, yeah, I, do, I, I, I don't like that I, that I have to, like, thread through this varied history of what I've done. Like, I wasn't this person that came out of college and was like, I know what I want to be. But I also would never change any of it because it has made me who I am. Uh Lisa, I don't believe that those people know who the fuck they are. They don't, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So here I am, and what I'm working to say is you come to me and you're like it like, is this all there is? Well, I
0: mean that's the thing. <laughs> I, I I mean I I would hate no no shape. Honestly, everyone's supposed to have their own life path, but I I you know for all the things and the things that you've experienced and I've experienced separately like it hasn't been a straight line and I wouldn't want it to be a straight line because you know what at the end of that straight line I'd be wondering about all the twists and turns it could have taken Oh totally you know and what would have what would have my life look like had I done that but you and I are never our personalities were never too complacent enough to be okay with, to let that happen.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's like, I think that that's kind of where I'm at is that I'm in this place where it's like, it's really nice to actually be established and to kind of have this sense of like what a career is at the same time. There's just also this like wild wolf part of me that's just always Uh, I heard the term recently from so it's it's, I mean she didn't make up this word but somebody I I listened to somebody's TED talk the other day talking about how she was a misfit Mm -hmm. like it it is a little bit in my brand that I just don't I didn't grow up in something I just grew up despite everything Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so here I am at 36 and I work at this, I work in a wonderful, you know, a, a, in a wonderful environment. I, for the most part, you know, enjoy my job. I, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to prioritize having fun over doing something that feels like it's changing the world, right. you know, and I, I, that doesn't keep me up at night at all. I like just having fun in my day to day, but I also feel like I keep trying to talk myself into, Finally, growing up in something Mm. and and stop having adventures. So you come to me Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Yeah, this is isn't all there is." And that's what I mean is it's like simultaneously. That's what yeah, that's where I'm getting. (laughs) I start with that, so you know, like, start with the punchline. It's simultaneously terrifying, but also it's just the truth.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it no? I I don't as much as I would like to be able to sort of just like. Put the blinders on yeah. and do the thing that's just kind of like now with this foot in front of this foot and then the next foot and that you know, and just kind of you know start start really establishing myself there's also this part of me that's like, no I want to quit my job and go backpacking or <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah and, uh, and 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 the only way the only way that you can really actually siphon yourself off from the desire to continue taking adventures is to actually disallow yourself the opportunity to try something fucking new well we're trying something new right exactly that's why it was terrifying yeah and
0: we have each other to rely on because you know from this one step you know in the back of our brain our subconscious is gonna be like well you already took this one step Why don't we try this? (laughs) Damn that self-efficacy. But but it's true. Like, I I think about this all the time. Like, we don't know where our path ends up until we get somewhere. I didn't know I was going to end up in Richmond 10 years ago when I was living in L.A. Like, when I found out Kim got a job at Martin and... She moved to Richmond, Virginia. I was like, what the fuck is in Richmond, Virginia? <laughs> I remember looking at Martin Agency online. And I was like, oh, okay, they do cool stuff. All right, right on. Good for them. I'm like, never going to, never going to end up there. Yeah, totally. And then fast forward, fast forward to now, here I am. And it's not that bad. No. There, There are a lot worse places to be. And that doesn't sound grateful but i am i am super grateful richmond's a beautiful place i've met some really great friends i wish that i met more friends that you know i wish there was more of a culture scene here um than kind of like the way they have in detroit you know or in la but it's trying it's evolving and i'm grateful that you know for the most part it's also democratic um here in the richmond core so
1: Yeah, it just is, you know, you you do have to kind of, in order for, like, something else cool to come along, or for you to be in a situation where you end up in Richmond and never thought you would.
0: You have to be vulnerable.
1: You gotta be vulnerable, you gotta be open. That sounds like it just went off. Both of them, I think, did, but it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're still recording. Um, But you gotta, I don't know, you gotta really... You can't you can't quarter yourself off and no. just say okay all right now is when my life gets small. Yeah. now is when I decide. We're too young for that. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: And honestly, I wouldn't want somebody to uh, keep their life small, even if they were, you know, near their deathbed, you know, in their nineties. I don't see the point of it. There isn't. I mean, there really isn't. You can have pockets of your life that are private and small. You know, like your inner circle or who you love or whatever that's really truly personal and you want to keep private to yourself. But um, I just don't understand why life, why you would want to keep life small.
1: There's so much to do. Well, but fear is, fear is like so powerful. Yeah, I think it people, is. It is. I mean, for me, One of the reasons why the idea of opening myself up to the possibility of, like, new things, even though I do it, the fear that I don't talk about is the fear of, like, you know, well, losing it at Mm -hmm. some point, Mm -hmm. right? Like, feeling like you, you know, either fly really close to the sun and then you lose it all, which is a little bit of what, like, I felt... um, with Berlin, of just, you know, having to, like, come back stateside. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that, you know, in just, like, looking back at some of my years of just, like, my hardest drinking, uh, you know, where it was, it, it's hard not to look back at that in kind of sort of a morbidly self-reflective way yeah. is the, the terminology I've Heard it described as, you know, just like really grieving over the past, but also but but almost to the point of regretting it where it's just like, oh, but if I could have or, or maybe I would have or et cetera, et cetera. You know, so feeling like, well, then you, if you if you don't keep your world small, if you don't structure things um, in just such a way, then you can um, you lose control.
0: Right. Well, nobody ever really talks about like how the path to self-discovery isn't always rainbows, you know, and it o- it no. isn't always a trip, you know, a life-changing trip to Thailand or something where you sit on a beach and tan and try something. No, no one's something. tried loving it. No,
1: I mean there are moments like that.
0: Sure, but there there are a lot of dark stories to self-discovery, and I mean I don't want to take that conversation too much into that direction, but. That's the, that's the part that a lot of people don't talk about, you know, and they think that after those experiences, it all ends, but it doesn't, it keeps going.
1: And that shit is also what, like, you wouldn't be where you are without it. Right, right. right. So it's the eternal paradox, too, of like, would you go and do it again? No. Would you give up what you got from it? (laughs) No. You know, you're like, you want, you want to keep what you got from it, but you also would you know if you could you probably you you would be tempted to sort of change it
0: yeah i mean i don't want to i you, if i look back on my past i really don't really i really don't want to deal with like the narcissists or sociopaths or manipulators or assholes ever again but i don't mind where i ended up and if i knew this was going to be a sure thing then i probably would do it again but i wouldn't be I think if I had to do it again, I wouldn't worry so much about it. And I think that's what everyone always says to them. It really is. You go
1: back to your younger selves, you're like, none of this fucking shit matters.
0: None of it matters. None of it matters. And honestly, I would say that more times than not in my past, there are so many people that always try to tell me to be small and they didn't understand why... It was like, how dare she be so confident in herself? But I didn't see it as confidence. I saw it as just being me. Yeah. Because I believe in honesty and truth. And they saw it as being overly confident and self-assured. And they thought they saw that as threatening. Because they didn't see themselves that way. So they saw themselves as less than. And that's when, you know, the 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 snowball effect happens of, you know,
1: how they treat you. Being unfavorable. Which... At least for me, no one necessarily clued me in on that. That was a way that that humans will perceive others is that actually a you know a a a threatening element because you um, and they don't know any. They don't even know it. They don't even yeah because you just are, you're just different. Yeah, you know and um, and and I think you know I think that that's um, that that's the part that at least I think as people get older, at least for me, you know, like, yeah, we're still young. But as I've I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. it has been just a bit of a battle Mm -hmm. to still maintain what really is you just uniquely me. Mm -hmm. And that is a leaning into doing um, stuff that's scary. Yeah. That is, I I am a bit of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. I do tend to kind of be bold almost to the point of like, I mean, is this bitch going to shut up? You know what I mean? like, yeah. And um, and I, I, you know, I'll feel so tempted to do that whether it's in the workplace or trying something new like saying yes to you or what have you. Like, none of it, none of it's going to kill you. But at the same time, like, try telling that to the human brain. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we can be so um, averse to things that seem like they're going to threaten whatever our, our perception of ourselves right. or, right. or whatever status we, you know, and, and specifically for me, you know, there also is, you know, I feel like, yeah, because of a lot of dark moments, like you said, in that, in kind of that pass path to self-discovery, um, you know, man, like there were some high prices I paid. I'm mm-hmm. hesitant to, you know, to, I'm hesitant to potentially pay you any more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't, you can't have that. You I mean, can't have more adventures, more awesomeness without some letdowns. You can't have it without some possible failures, actually some some one hundred percent failures. You cannot, you cannot like continue to live large. And I think that's why my head is like, okay, you know what? Now you finally fucking figured out how to be an adult. You can, like, pay your bills on time. Mm -hmm. Both of your animals are fed on a relatively decent schedule. (laughs) I still don't track my period, but I never will. Some things just aren't going to happen. But, you know, and it's like you're in this, and specifically, you know, I think a lot of it pinnacles, at least in terms of how I think about it in my work environment or, you know, or my, my career, I mean to say, is like, you know, now I'm in this industry. Now I'm kind of, you know, a little bit more established. I see where I could kind of grow. I see, you know, how I'm having, you know, some fun and, and it's like yeah just 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 head down do that you know just head down do that but then i just also really love that sort of like wild thread that just you know i like to to veer off and do you know new and wild and different shit stuff that people sometimes raise their eyebrows at mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. why would you do that why would you talk about that why would you why would you want to experience that well why none would you your wanna... business actually, exactly so. it's none of their business yeah. but at the same time it's like well, why not? Oh, because again, that path to self-discovery. Yeah. Girl, people know that spiritual growth hurts. Mhm. We know. Even if it's nothing that you've ever actually experienced. Like you literally are just like I'm on I'm on I was born here. I'm probably being offensive, but now I'm going to die here. Yeah. I'm just a bit surrounded by my fa- my my family, and I'll never know anything different. I mean, and, that's, well, that's and they, that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's that's what makes them happy. But I agree with you. Like I personally have very little. I think I can. I think this actually goes for you both, you and me, but I can pretty much have a conversation with anybody. Um, I can understand where somebody's coming from, but the majority of the time, if a person has a very restricted perception of life and self evolvement or the the evolution of the self, then I have a limit... There's a there's a time clock on my relationship with them. Or at least, like, to how close I'll be with them through the duration of my life. Just because there's not much to talk about. The person that is not evolving or seeking how to evolve at all times, uh, you know, I just... I run out of things to talk to them about. Period. Because I don't feel like they're being they bring anything fresh to the table because they're not trying anything new.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: You know, and it doesn't have to be like you have to move to a new city or whatever. It's like in some, I'm not saying that you have to be trying something new every single fucking day, but like on a consistent basis several times a year, I think that's important.
1: Well, and people, I mean, it, but, you know, that's also, I think, the paradox, too, is people don't want to have to do the hard work of growth. I don't. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it feels so good. Yeah, I mean, well, for example, this is going to sound really stupid,
0: but, you know, I have the Peloton bike. Yeah. I got the Peloton bike, I used to hate spin, actually, and then I got into it when I moved here. Actually, no, I got into it in Detroit.
1: Just really liked it. Um, oh, like, shit. That long? Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Like Peloton was on my radar like 15 minutes ago. I didn't even know how long the brand has been. No, no, no. no. I didn't get the Peloton bike back then. I I did spin. And then I got the Peloton
0: bike last year um, when the pandemic hit. And I was like going through my breakup, going through with the pandemic, moving into my first new place again in the first time. The first time in like, what, five years almost? Longer. Longer. Um, And the Peloton bike and the classes was my therapy for myself. So I went from hating spin over a decade ago to looking to it for therapy and finding, finding a a way to channel my energy, you know, into something positive and falling in love with fitness again. Cause that fitness has always been a part of my life. I've yo-yoed like a lot of people, but like, um, it's been consistent in my life, but I just kind of fell out of love with it and thought pa- that those classes really got me back. But my point is, it served its purpose and now I'm selling the bike. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I'm done with that. I'm done with that chapter in my life. I'm moving on to lifting weights more and being outdoors more and making that effort and, and trying to be with myself rather than looking for a distraction. I don't, because I, you know, for me, for me, <laughs> the Peloton bike in any form of being restricted to one piece of equipment for your exercise is a um, uh, distraction. It's a distraction for me now because I know myself. I know that I'm just, I was looking for a distraction. I found my distraction. It was a positive distraction, but now I'm done with the distraction. And mm-hmm, now I'm really mm-hmm, ready to mm-hmm.
1: focus on myself. Yeah, you're evolving into something else. Yeah. Or maybe you needed a minute. Yeah. Maybe you weren't ready to like just turn and face the shit. You needed a minute to just kind of cruise. Yeah. 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 I needed to get myself out of a
0: dark hole.
1: And... Was the dark hole because of the breakup?
0: It was one of them. Yeah. It was definitely one of them. Um, And it was some of the, you know, some of the things that I've been working on with my therapist. Um, It's also, like, my identity as a woman. My identity as a single woman in her 30s where, you know, for the longest time, culturally speaking even... You know, we're led to believe that if you're not married with a white picket fence, with a baby or a baby on the way, by the time you hit your thirties, you're a failure. And you're gonna be single most likely forever because you're difficult and you can't seem to lock down a mate. That's the shit they put women through. Yeah. That kind of, and even though I know that negative self-talk is fucking crazy, Like my entire life that never made sense, but hearing it incessantly over and over and over growing up, it starts to seep into your brain in the subconscious in ways that you never imagined it would. And then trying to like clean that gunk off of your brain and your psyche and your subconscious is a long and arduous process trying to undo that damage of negative self-talk. Because even if you don't believe it, that message is still there.
1: Well, and what's so interesting too is like I think that a lot of people really perceive the pushback on that kind of on that belief, yeah, as really pushback on the idea of being married and having kids. Right. And what it actually is is it's pushback on believing that I that that because I don't fit a cookie cutter, mm-hmm. there must be something wrong with me. Right. Or because I haven't done X, or because I'm not like so and so, I must be wrong. Right. Exactly. And I'm that's broke. exactly I'm broken. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I was getting at with like the career thing. Yes, yeah. and I'm like I'm tired of feeling that there must be something wrong with me because I didn't grow up in some in something. Like I said, I grew up despite the things. Yeah. Right? I and I I hesitate to talk about. It that really in its entirety. People hear snippets of it. Yeah. But it always there inevitably I come across somebody who's like, "Wow, that's a lot." I had somebody say to me not too long ago, "Well, wow, you you tend to overshare, don't you?" And I'm like, "No. No, so first of all, like we know one another, and I kept telling you in passing a thing that that I experienced. And bro, it's just part of my story." Well, a lot it was of people so, have lived. But it was so debilitating yeah. to have somebody to have somebody say that because it's just like, oh, so because you've experienced pain or it didn't look exactly like mine, mm-hmm. there must be something wrong with you, right? And I'm also not interested in hearing this. Is sort of the sub the subtext there? But that's just it. Is it's like, so, so, so that's why,
0: yeah, because everyone shits gold apparently,
1: right? Well, and why answering the calling of pushing back on anything. That doesn't leave space for you to just be yourself. It yeah. doesn't leave space for you to pursue adventures. It doesn't leave space for you, leave space for you to like maybe do something that's outside of the norm, or doesn't leave space for you to actually just be thirty six and still unmarried, mm-hmm. or unmarried. Not yeah. even to still yeah. right. Yeah, like anything that like pushing back on that is so is so hard to do because it, like we we don't want to not belong. Mm-hmm. You don't want to not be accepted but at the same time like it's so fucking suffocating yeah to feel like yeah i guess i must be difficult that's why i didn't lock anyone down you know and then you just hear like you don't even know that the tapes on loop exactly you know oh i must not actually be really you know for me it's like oh i must i i really do need to like you know like grow up at some point and just finally like settle down and like buy a house and just like really establish myself in a career or quit you know like not necessarily look to like leave one job and go to another or like where do I want to live or you know what or 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 think about travel because Liesl it really is time to like get yourself out of credit card debt which isn't a bad goal but I sure. just mean like now I'm thinking like how do I make my world smaller because that's what everything has told me mm-hmm. is actually what's going to be to make me feel like there's not something wrong with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is crazy talk. You, It's, yeah, it's crazy talk, but at the same time, like, it. I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily, you know, born of anyone trying to make me feel like I was supposed to be smaller than I was. Right. It's just that I think that I may have actually ended up having... Uh, a larger imagination than maybe my parents knew what to do with. Right. I ended. Up, I didn't d- dream that I was uh, at the age of thirteen that I was going to find a, a d- discover that I struggle with addiction. I what you know I didn't I didn't. You didn't know. I, I had no clue. Mm. That was not on my. Whatever that. The, whatever is, that thing. Your is. warning, is. You're like, warning Where label. do you want to be when you grow up? Meth addict. <laughs> I mean, I don't do meth, but you know what I mean. Like, right. It's, I, you know. I I don't like fucking spending my time in you know, recovery meetings, but also that's been the only thing that's actually been able to tether me to really being, like, well, present. Well, also,
0: the the education um, and information around mental health, it didn't really become a hit until recently.
1: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: It It hasn't, you know, it's still going through a, a normalization topic amongst, like, conver- amongst society. Like, we have all these new companies, right, that are, like, BetterHelp or the meditation apps that are, like focusing on mental health right And if you have insurance you have the eap program and all that stuff um but like you know we never we grew up with a generation that was told to just
1: suck it up yeah yeah that's that is who parented us right you should be grateful to have a job, yeah. and that's not to say that that's not true, but you can also simultaneously want more. Yeah. I heard it said years and years and years ago that you can there's a difference between being content and being satisfied yeah and um and as much as I you know try and talk myself out of it, I'm not necessarily always very satisfied Mm-mm. and you know, and then I get frustrated at myself for not being satisfied, and I tell myself, "Well, you should actually be focusing on, like, yeah, like trying to find, you know, trying to find somebody who will actually fucking marry you." You know, you dumbass, or you should really, you know, you should really focus on. I don't know, being a little bit easier to tolerate in your family unit, mm-hmm. because I mean, they, I, they, they tolerate me, but I am, from from my perspective, is a yeah. very black sheep, which. Uh, I've had I've had said back to me so I didn't make that up. <laughs> they acknowledged it. They were like, "Yeah, you nobody does like you." You know, I mean, I didn't say those words, but it was, you know, kind of yeah. that sentiment. And so I don't know, all that yeah, and to just when you were talking about, you know, like <laughs> like the, I mean I can I can absolutely understand that you needed to sit on a bike and spin for a little bit before you were really ready to tackle that voice in your head that yeah. just tells you this thing that must be true. Otherwise, why would it say it so many fucking times? Right,
0: and start to fight against it, and know that that's and actively start believing that it's not. I mean, my mother and I have had this conversation many times about like marriage and you know kids and blah blah blah, and she she's. Fortunately, I have really cool parents that like, even though they would love to have me with someone and they probably worry about like, what is wrong with her? She's so headstrong. (laughs) Um, But also my mom, it's, it's great. It makes me feel a bit better. Like my mom and my dad are both like, think it's better to wait and find the right person at whatever point in your life, even if you have to wait a little bit longer. Than it is to end up alone or divorced or in an abusive marriage or something that brings you more pain. You know, it's better to hold off from that because I've grown up knowing a lot of people with a lot of fucked up relationships because they rushed into thinking they needed to do the right thing, which was get married and have kids.
1: Well, and I think, too, like it should not go without noticing that it is a pretty, you know, I mean you can we've come across it honest we've come by it honestly i mean to say but it is an abusive relationship with the self yeah. to buy into those things yeah. um and then to listen to whatever that coach is in your head um well your own bully like we bully ourselves all the time right so it's never going to i mean even if it could on its own yeah be a good relationship or a good job or you know like you could be a good mom or a good parent or whatever. You're not going to be no. if you are constantly living with a bully. Yeah. And that one is, you know, is the one in your head. And uh, and it's so easy. I mean, it's so easy to say, but, you know, it's just. But that's why it takes, you know, it takes action. It takes, you
0: know, seeing a therapist, reading the books, doing the work,
1: buying a Peloton bike. <laughs> And not doing it alone, right, which is really where I started thinking about this was when you said that to me when you asked me to like sit down and have a conversation with you and record it, yeah, and you made the comment like that just has stuck with me. you were like it 's just better to not do it alone, and you know that flies in the face of every aspect of my religion. I love to do everything alone, I do not like to have to to rely on people I don't like to be in debt to people mm-hmm. as commun- as as socially driven as I come across I'm actually very much of a lone wolf yeah same and um and when you said that it was just like fuck you know like i mean alone alone just asking someone to partner with you in something you know i don't think you I don't think you necessarily knew that when you were saying that that I was actually partnering with you and so much more than just sitting down and having a conversation recording it, yeah like it was like you're allowing me to partner with you in actually feeding that part of myself that I do actually spend a lot of time trying to get to be quiet, yeah, because I think that she's the problem, and there's a lot of people that
0: feel that same way. that's why I was like, we need to record this because me having this conversation by myself. and and talking through it is not gonna have the same impact as having it with somebody else that is willing to, like I said earlier, be vulnerable, have that conversation and hopefully I've recorded this correctly, that like (laughs) that it actually like some if somebody were to listen to it finds value in
1: that and they're like, Wow, I'm not alone well, and that's the, I mean, that's just it, right? Like, I I mean, one of the things that I have learned about people who struggle with addiction, which was a really, like, this one chapped my hide almost the most out of, apart from the fact that, like, can be prone to obsessive thoughts. I was like, fuck, because it's so true. Yeah. But um, But the other one was, believes you're terminally unique, but also you're not. Like, there are so many things that I struggle with that are just human things. Yeah. Um maybe what I do with them isn't necessarily the exactly what other people do with them. Mm-hmm. But they are not necessarily unique they are not necessarily unique to me. Yeah, but you're willing to admit it. A lot of people are not. Exactly. But but well now. Yeah. I mean, and that took that took uh, you know really a lesson of you know working in a recovery community and being involved in you know and having it grounded in my head that like you're not alone and that doesn't mean that you're not a value it doesn't mean it's not intended to diminish how whatever special you fucking are it's intended to like give you some perspective yeah. and know and let you know that like when you put your arm out mm-hmm. like Humans will fail each other, but ten to one, somebody gonna be there. Yeah, because they will benefit from the fact that you need them too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just true for, you know. I think so many things. It's just, uh, I've I've come across that as a gift, um, in a somewhat uh, forced container sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. I don't think anything I would have ever sought on my own if it weren't through trying to like put, you know, as many days as I possibly could between me and my last drink. And so I'm, you know, I I don't know that I would have entered into like saying yes to you for the same reasons now, mm-hmm. uh, for the same reasons two years ago as I have now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. I would, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably would have, would have said yes and engaged, but like, as if at the end of a very long tunnel where actually the real self would have been, you know, and like, I finally found the words to just say like what it meant for you to say. I just don't want to do it alone yeah. because it actually allowed me to finally, like after several days, say yeah, me neither. Well,
0: to to that point, um, two years ago I wouldn't have asked only because, I, you know, I've had some bad experiences partnering with other people, and I don't believe that people. I mean, my my rose-colored glasses on life is that I think people are generally good. They, I think, everyone has positive intentions. Mm-hmm. However, you know, obviously, a lot is bad and follow through, like shooting up a school or whatever, you know. Um, but after being burned several times and partnering with really shitty people, um, fact. Uh, I was like, I. The what, what I'm trying to say is. Two years ago, I would have never, I don't think I would have ever asked because I wasn't ready to do it with someone. I wasn't mentally prepared for that. Um, And I also wasn't mentally prepared in the self to, like, engage in this kind of conversation because I was in a different place, right? So, like, now is the perfect time. Now is the optimal time to partner with someone, to, to try something new and have a new experience. And connect with humans in general because... I mean, this can be another episode, I feel like, but like relationships, right? And the way we shut ourselves off to a lot of people and experiences when we're in a relationship. Oh my God, I know. And I never want to do that again. I, Whatever relationship I have in the future, I want it to be really easy for me to maintain my other relationships. And I haven't found a partner, I think, well, obviously because I'm not... I'm not with anybody right now, but I I have not found a relationship that enables me to do that. I've always maintained friendships, but not in the caliber that I've always wanted to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I know. I know what you mean. I think that that also is another thing that um, by and large, women still kind of feel like they have to give up. Um, in order to maintain some peace. And that's not to say that men don't either, you know, but um, in heteronormative relationships, I think that a lot of there is still very much that sort of um, that expectation. So would you say that, I mean, what would you say was sort of the main thing that really like drew you into having a relationship